It is all but official. Arizona is Big 12 bound. What does that mean for BYU? What does it mean for the other schools in the Pac-12? We're digging into that, and we're also answering your questions on a Friday mailbag. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listener today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast. By way of introduction, this is your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And a huge thank you for all your support, downloading, subscribing, rating, reviewing, liking, commenting, all the things you guys do to support the podcast. It truly means the world to me. Now, let me address something right off the top of today's show. I uh, originally planned to announce the winners of our giveaway, uh, but then I ended up spending, let's see, I got to KSL, the KSL Triad Center building about 4.45 a.m. Thursday morning and did not leave until 8.30 p.m.? Yeah, it was a long, long day. Not planned to go that way. Planned to be home in plenty of time to kind of sit down and make sure I had a nice presentation type deal set up. But just due to the mad scramble of trying to get everything else done that I needed to get done on the day uh, in a compressed window, after I finally got home, I didn't actually arrive home until about 9 o'clock local time here in Utah. Simply put, uh, there was no way I was going to be able to get it done. So we will not be announcing the giveaway winners today. I I, I sincerely apologize. Like I said, it was kind of out of my control on certain things and, uh, circumstances be what they are. Uh, I will plan to get it done early next week. So uh, bear with me. And like I said, if you came here expecting to, to hear your name or hear the announcements, uh, I'm apologizing right off the top of today's show. I probably should be actually talking about BYU content to drag you guys more into the show, but I wanted to get that right out of the way, right off the top of the podcast. But on a more positive note, uh, if you're a BYU fan, is conference realignment rolls on. The University of Arizona is all but official a member of the Big 12 Conference. Last thing awaiting them is a rubber stamp from the regents uh, who run uh, the state uh, in terms of their universities down there in the state of Arizona. The Big 12 uh, Executive Committee, whatever you want to call it, the Board of Directors, including Shane Reese from BYU, have voted to approve uh, and and accept Arizona into the conference as soon as they get the go-ahead from their Board of Regents. It seems like the biggest holdup right now with regards to Arizona uh, coming into the conference right away, or like, it wouldn't be a right away, it would be in 2024, is this fact that it sounds like their Board of Regents prefers to have Arizona State and Arizona work in lockstep. Michael Crow, though, the president of Arizona State, has a reputation of being, quote, Mr. Pac-12. Uh, he was the most ardent supporter of Larry Scott during that just awful, awful run uh, of Larry Scott's as Pac-12 commissioner repeatedly uh, stepped up to the plate to go to bat for his guy in Larry Scott, and he has just been unabashedly pro-Pac-12. And according to the reports coming out of both ASU and Arizona, it sounds like he was pulling some kind of charade during their Regents meeting that he was a part of on Thursday night trying to really kind of slow down the process. And you know what? I I think Arizona at this point, if I'm Robert C. Robbins, I'm telling the Board of Regents, I don't care what the Sun Devils want to do. 
I'm moving forward with my thing. Give me the okay. If they want to come later, great. But we need to move forward here. I'm hopeful it gets done because that would mean that now the Big 12 is at the 14 teams that Brett Yormark on the record said he thought 14 was a good number. He said that at Big 12 Media Day. Uh, asked the question about losing both Texas and Oklahoma, dropping back down to 12. He said, we would prefer to remain at 14. Well, he's got 14. He just scooped up both Colorado and Arizona. The Pac-12 is now the Pac-8, something they have been since what, since what the 1970s when Arizona and Arizona State actually joined that conference from the WAC to make the Pac-10. Uh, so this this is crazy, crazy times, folks. I, I don't know what the future holds for the Pac-12 or Pac-8, whatever you want to call it at this point, the Pac-whatever. They have to figure something out. Uh, Arizona State and Utah apparently could be following shortly uh, Arizona and Colorado into the Big 12 Conference, and then that would obviously open up the door for like the Big 10 to go after Oregon and Washington. The latest reports are that they are being offered somewhere between 35 and $40 million. That is about half of what a regular full share in the Big 10 Conference would be. I would imagine there's probably some kind of uh, contract that would be negotiated where they eventually become full share members. If it comes to fruition, uh, there are apparently some hesitancy from both Texas, uh, not Texas, uh, where did Texas come from? Washington and Oregon side of things with regards to the travel. There was a report out there that Washington estimates it would cost $10 million in terms of extra travel budget uh, to send their athletes all over the country to play in Big Ten contests. But hey, if your conference is literally crumbling around you, why are you not running running headlong and diving onto any and all live rafts, especially one as lucrative potentially down the road as the Big Ten. If I'm Washington and Oregon, I do not hesitate one iota. If I'm Arizona State, if I'm Utah, I don't hesitate at all. I am jumping ship. They are rats fleeing the ship. Cal, Stanford, Washington State, Oregon State, thanks for being our teammate and being our conference mate for all those years, but Nice knowing you. We're moving on. This is this is a sad, sad thing to watch the Pac-12, which has had a pretty strong reputation for over 100 years, crumbling before our eyes. But uh, at the same time, BYU and the Big 12 are in a very advantageous spot. Will Brett Yormark, will the Big 12 board of directors be intent on pushing to 16 or higher than that in terms of adding programs to the conference? Who knows? Uh, as soon as you listen to this podcast today, it could be outdated. I did a, a Crossroads of the 12 podcast. It was outdated almost the minute I published it. So this stuff is moving at an absolutely incredible rate. And it just only seems to be picking up speed. But uh, simply put, if you're a BYU fan, you now have two conference mates on this western flank alongside you. Arizona obviously brings the Pacific time zone for at least two-thirds of the of the college football season because they stay on Mountain Standard Time versus Mountain Daylight Time like BYU and Provo uh, happens to go on during part of the year. But this is a big Big opportunity for the Big 12 Conference. Do they really want to get a little greedy and chase uh, both Utah and Arizona State? Or the fact that the both of them have reportedly been dragging their feet. I can tell you, for, for I know for a fact, that Utah has been reticent to uh, make a move uh, that they deemed beneath them. And that was moving to the Big 12. They deemed that beneath them. Uh, if they're going to drag their feet, if I'm Brett Yormark in the Big 12, I'd simply say, Pound sand, we're moving on. You guys can you guys can squander yourselves and, and kind of sink or swim over with your the rest of your uh, leftovers in that conference you used to call home. Ah, that's what I would. That's the mentality I would have 
if I'm the Big 12, because if they don't want to be a part of the conference, and reportedly this is something Brett Yormark is very, very high on, he wants programs and universities who are bought in, who want to be a part of the Big 12. If ASU and Utah are dragging their feet and have any sort of hesitancy, say, you know what, thanks, but no thanks. Thanks for thinking about it, but you guys can go figure out what your what your next step is, but it's not here in the Big 12 conference. That's got to be the message, I think. Uh, now, obviously, I am not the Big 12 commissioner, nor am I a member of the Big 12 board of directors or the executive committee, and I'm not an athletic director, so I have quite legitimately zero say on all of this, but that's the way I would approach it if I were sitting in one of those seats. Now, the other thing about this is, is the Big 12 going to stick at 14 for the time being and try and wait and see what's happening with the ACC? I said this on yesterday's podcast that programs like a Pitt, like a Louisville, if the ACC were to get jailbreaked, essentially programs like Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, Clemson, they all find a way to get themselves extricated from what is a pretty ironclad grant of rights agreement. They can find a way to get themselves out of that and have no issues in terms of making a move to another conference. Then at that point, maybe the uh, the Big 12 says, we got our western flank. Let's go bolster the middle part of our conference by adding a Louisville, which would be a nice travel partner uh, in a stone's throw away from Cincinnati. Same thing with Pitt being the backyard brawl. Obviously, a rival with West Virginia. That That's kind of the mentality I think that the Big 12 may consider deploying here. Maybe slow playing Arizona State and Utah and say, hey, you you guys figure out what you're going to do, but we're going to we're going to sit tight for now. The thing about this is Colorado and Arizona were the most receptive to the Big 12 overtures from the get-go, and they are now members of the conference. That's got to stand for something. And I, like I said, Brett Yormark very much wants programs and universities who are very happy and are are, are bought in or all in on this conference because that's going to be a big part of kind of what the hallmark of what the Big 12 is going to be is it's a pro it's a it's a conference that's made up of programs universities that aren't necessarily gold standard programs. They're not blue bloods. Arizona and Colorado don't have blue blood status. They were actually bottom feeders for most of their time in the Pac-12, but what they are is they're ready and willing to be a part of this conference and help it build a reputation along with the other 12 members in the conference currently. You can do a lot with that, honestly. I think you can do a lot with that. So, very interesting times, and like I said, feels like the second I published this podcast, it could be completely out of date once again, but that's just kind of the, 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 the simply the fact of the matter with regards to what's going on in a conference realignment right now. It is just at a breakneck speed right now crazy crazy times all right coming up here in just a minute it is your guys time to shine on the podcast we're answering your questions coming up a little later on look back at another game in the 2021 season the first loss BYU took that year a tough one up at the hands of Boise State and we'll talk about all that coming up right now well right away it just not right away in a moment right here Unlocked on Cougars. I get that out of my mouth. All right. First, a word on our friends over at LinkedIn. They've been working this for months now, my friends. The best part about LinkedIn is they want to help you guys out when it comes to the hiring side of your business. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the right access to the best qualified candidates to make the right hires. And that's why you need to give LinkedIn Jobs a try. LinkedIn Jobs has helped you find the right people for your team faster. And the best part is for free. Uh, all you got to do is go set up that, uh, your job posting on LinkedIn, then add your job in the Pepperell hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to help spread the word that you're hiring. The best part is they feature simple tools like screening questions will make 
it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. kind of weeds out some of the people who may not be qualified or people that you'd rather not talk to. It's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. Once again, that's LinkedIn Jobs. You will help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster once again and do it for free. Post your job for free right now at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast. Apologies if I look a little uh, tired. It has been an absolutely insane work week. I have co-hosted uh, two afternoon shows. As I said, uh, I'm recording this. Let's see, timestamp right now on my computer. It's 11 o'clock mountain time. So uh, those of you who stay up late to watch this show, you're going to get this just literally seemingly minutes after I publish it or get it up ready to publish. So nonetheless, thank you for all of your support. Uh, I may do an extra episode uh, today or tomorrow, depending on how things shake out. If Arizona State and Utah finally get off their high horse and actually make the move to the Big 12, we'll talk about that. But uh, whatever happens, we'll make sure you guys are covering you. Of course, we'll be have you up to date on everything that happens uh, from BYU practice uh, today on a Friday as well. By the way, it's a morning practice. Move to a morning uh, media availability around noon mountain time, just as a heads up on that front. So uh, recap of that for you guys as well, as soon as we have details on that. All right. A uh, couple of things before we move along here's not a couple of things we need to get to the mailbag man i am all out of sorts on today's podcast so i apologize like i said uh, week catching up with me, but uh, let's get to your mailbag questions. First off, Henry asks this, if Utah moves to the Big 12 in 2024, will that game become a conference game, or would it move somewhere else in the schedule? Uh, for all intents and purposes, Henry, I would assume it becomes a conference game, and then BYU would have to go out and find another non-conference matchup. Now, uh, there is no shortage of options out there when it comes to a buy game, as most people call them. You could go replace Utah with a G5 program that you could bring in and pay them a million bucks to come to Provo to play that game. Uh, I very much expect that if Utah does ultimately make the move, it will become a conference game, and I would imagine it is played once again on Thanksgiving weekend. The rivalry, the Holy War, is right where it should have been all this time on the final weekend of the season, but we'll have to wait and see what Utah decides to do on their side of things. Jordan Kennard asks this for, for the mailbag here. I believe BYU's offensive coordinator, speaking of Aaron Rock, said not all the players have arrived yet to Provo, and they're expecting more. Maybe I heard wrong, but if not, I was wondering if you know who else is going to join the BYU football team or who has not yet arrived. Now, the way I understand it, I think almost everybody that BYU is expecting is in camp. There is one name that I'm monitoring that I have not seen yet, just with my own eyes, is John Talmoya Payout. He is one of the three junior college transfers from Snow College. I remember seeing David Law, too, for certain, and I'm fairly certain I saw Stone Mulatalo at BYU uh, during Tuesday's practice, but I did not see John Talmoya Payout. Don't know what his status is. We'll be looking at that, but if I hear anything, I'll be happy to pass it along. But it sounds like, based on what I understand, BYU should have everybody in camp but there may be a player or two who are a late straggler coming into camp, and if I learn anything, I'll be happy to pass that on to you guys. Next one, Marks Johnson says, ask this. You may have already talked about this, but what does BYU's media payout look like for the Big 12? Are they equal share partners from day one, and if not, what does the ramp-up process look like? Now, BYU will be a full share member when the new media ride still kicks in in 2025. There is two years to go until that. The way I understand it and the reporting out there, say that this year, BYU is getting an $18 million payout, whereas in 2024, so next year, so the final year of the current media rights deal, BYU gets around $19 million. So they're getting about a half share right now uh, of what uh, current Big 12 full share members are getting. There was somewhere around $40 million uh, or thereabouts was the payout this past year. 
Colorado will get a full share coming in in 2024. It's part of the enticement to get them into the conference. And then obviously in 2025 and beyond, they will all be full share members, making the starting number of $31.7 million. That does not include bowl payouts. does not include NCAA tournament payouts. There's a lot of other revenue streams that will be coming to add to that number. That's just simply the gross TV money that is going to be paid out by the Big 12 Conference. So hopefully that answers your question, Mark. Dallin Graff, good friend that works with me over at the KSL Sports Zone, says, as which game on BYU's 2023 schedule, do you think of the best jersey matchup? Because the first Big 12 game against Cincinnati at home could be a good one. I agree. That Cincinnati-BYU contrast with the black and white and red of uh, Cincinnati against BYU's royal blue and white, or maybe Navy if they decided to don Navy. It's a good look there. The one that I am intrigued by, because I've seen it with my own eyes, is BYU against Texas. Now, I was down there when Taysom Hill tore them apart uh, in 2014. I also went to the game that BYU lost a heartbreaker. It was in 2011 down there. At DKR Memorial. If I'm not mistaken, BYU wore Navy in both of those games. I want to see the Texas burnt orange matching up with the BYU royal blue. Same thing with the home game against Oklahoma in late October. The crimson and cream, as they call it, for Oklahoma against BYU's royal blue and white. I'm all for some of these matchups. I think mean, there's some fantastic uh, just jersey matchups. And yeah, that Cincinnati one's a good one, but I'd also add Texas and Oklahoma there off the top of my head. Uh, Texas Tech could be an intriguing one. So uh, there's some interesting ones out there. Uh, there's no doubt about that. All right, next one. Aggie Fan Den says, if you're a BYU fan, would you rather see the Utes in the Big 12 Conference with you guys or in the Mountain West Conference with my Aggies? Well, that's a great question to throw out to Cougar Nation. I would love to have your guys' response. Please respond in the comments below. Send us a tweet. DM us, email us, let us know your your answer. I'm assuming it's going to be an overwhelming majority of you who would like to see them in the Mountain West Conference as a little bit of a quote-unquote payback uh, for the 12 years you endured it with them talking and crowing about the Pac-12. But I think there's a fair share of you who would also say you'd like to see them in the Big 12. But I want your guys' input on this. I'm going to crowdsource Aggie Fan Dan's question and ask you guys to respond, and I look forward to seeing what the res- results are of that. Next question, Daniel Rigby. When does Jay Hill get a head coaching job, and will it be at Utah? Now, I, I'm assuming that head coaching position could be coming for Jay Hill if he has a solid run here at BYU over the next two to three years, it feels like. He could find himself very much as an en vogue, high-level G5, if not an outright Power 5 head coaching candidate. But I do not, let me just say this, I do not expect it to be at Utah. I think that Morgan Scally is the heir apparent to a uh, to Kyle Whittingham whenever Witt decides to hang it up. I just think there's too much goodwill built up there. Now, I know that there was that scandal with him using that racial slur and all that type of stuff, but everything seems to be that that has been uh, essentially just uh, put to bed, and I think Utah is very intent. When Kyle Whittingham decides to call it a day, I think Morgan Scally will ascend to the head coaching position at Utah. It's not to say that Kalani Satake or Jay Hill couldn't be in the mix for it. I just think that Morgan Scally is absolutely... Uh, probably the number one option there. All right, next one. Ryan asks, when and slash if it comes time to vote on Utah joining the Big 12, how do you think BYU would vote along with other members of the conference like, say, TCU? The way I understand it, BYU would not stand in the way of Utah entering the conference, and I have that coming from multiple people that I trust with regards to that. BYU's not going to pull the charade that Michael Young, the former University of Utah president, pulled uh, back in 2010-2011 when he single-handedly kiboshed BYU's plan 
to put their sports in the whack. He called up the Mountain West Conference and told Craig Thompson and tipped him off. And Craig Thompson from there took it and ran with it and really just smashed what was actually a pretty good plan. BYU had put together a great uh, layout of how they were going to move forward. Uh, I don't expect that to happen. Now, some of you out there want to be vindictive and love to see BYU essentially uh, go eye for an eye. That's not BYU style. The way I understand it is BYU would not stand in the way of Utah entering the conference. Could TCU? Could some of these other programs? Yes, they could. I don't know that necessarily I don't have the intel that they would for sure or not, but they absolutely could, and we'll see what happens. But I would imagine if Utah ultimately decides it wants to join the conference, Arizona State's jumping in, I think that the Big 12 would say, you know what, let's just do it. Let's get Utah in here, and we'll move forward with the 16 teams. But I've been wrong before, and I will continue to probably be wrong multiple times on this as it continues to roll along. Uh, next one, Garrett asked, Jaron Hall was good, but he didn't utilize the middle of the field and tight ends at BYU all that much. Do you expect that to change this season with Keaton Slovis under center? In a word, Yes. Uh, the one thing that I was told by an NFL talent evaluator is that Jaron Hall, for whatever reason, does not see the middle of the field well and does not see his tight ends as a result as well as he should. It's something he will have to develop as a quarterback with the Minnesota Vikings because he cannot rely just single-handedly on throwing to wide receivers all the time. Now, he had a very good core of wide receivers at BYU to throw the ball to, but he also has an NFL caliber tight end in Isaac Rex, and it just seems at times that he completely lost him in terms of the middle of the field. So, I do expect Keaton Slovis to be smart enough to look at the middle of the field. Uh, the tight end core for BYU is so deep, and it's only going to get deeper. Reiner Swanson's enrolling in January. He's a four-star prospect in and of itself. That tight end position is so deep and so talented, you would be foolish, foolish, to not give those guys the ball. So keep an eye on that. I think Keaton Slovis absolutely will target the tight ends. Now, he does have a good core of wide receivers to also spread the ball around, too, and that's obviously going to uh, be an interesting thing, thing to see who ultimately ends up with the most most catches, yards, touchdowns, all that type of stuff. But I, I would imagine the tight ends get a, a lot more utilized this year. We actually had that conversation with Steve Clark. You heard him talk about it. Like, I love 12 personnel, which means two tight ends on the field. Uh, we'll have to kind of wait and see how it ultimately all pans out. All right, next one. Matt asks, do you know who you who you who you're able to interview at each practice session so you can prepare your questions or do you make it up on the fly? I ask because I always enjoy the interviews and I'm genuinely curious. Uh, to answer your question, Matt, I put a, I send a list into BYU Sports Information every uh, the day before each practice availability, and I usually list uh, uh, some players and coaches I would like to talk to if at all possible. Typically, BYU gets me one to two of the guys on my list, and I, I have an idea of, of questions I'd ask every single person on that list. I don't just throw names on a list to have them on there. I have questions for all of them and I will tick them off if they ultimately are the person I'm talking to. Like I said, I, I prepare for I usually I send in about four to five names and I have an idea of uh, who I'd like to talk to about certain things on all that type of stuff and the one to two players or coaches that I get, those are the ones that ultimately end up on the podcast. So that's all it really is. That's kind of the process of how I go about it with with BYU and their sports information department. And by the way, let me just also add this. BYU Sports Information, they've done a very, very good job. Uh, they got a national accolade for their work in the sports information realm this past season, and it's well-deserved. Uh, Kenny Cox, Brett Pine, Duff Tittle, all of their student assistants and graduate assistants, they all deserve a lot of credit. It's not an easy job that they have and appreciate all their hard work in helping us out in the media. So, uh, there you go. That's the mailbag uh, for today's edition of the podcast. If I miss any of those questions, I apologize. I will uh, try and catch up on them on our next edition of the podcast. All right, coming up here in just a minute. 
Let's talk about another game in BYU football history. Looking back at BYU in the 2021 season, their first loss of the season, and a disappointing one, no doubt about it, but we'll talk about all that as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, first a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, my friends, Perry Homes has a home for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs. They want to get you guys taken care of where you guys feel comfortable and most comfortable uh, with our friends at Perry Homes. They have beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, uh, Tooele, and Utah counties, as well as multiple communities in Washington County near St. George in the southern southern end of the state if you want to get down to Red Rock Country. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes as well. They even have quick move-in homes available if you're ready to make the move right away and they're offering generous financing incentives as well through their preferred lender to help you guys get a little bit of a, hopefully a, a, a cut in terms of the overall rate uh, you're paying because those interest rates are absolutely out of control. So visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your routine. Once again, apologies that uh, we are not announcing the giveaway today, but uh, like I said, it just it with uh, with how everything shook out, it's just near impossible. And I, I don't want to shortchange you guys out there. I think you guys know that I have a, a certain level of almost perfectionism when it comes to this podcast. Now I'm not perfect by any means. I usually talk too fast. I, I'm I'm uh, smacking my lips. I I do so many things that like podcasters are not supposed to like the the broadcast or the broadcast I like don't do stuff list but hey I, I I just I I how do I say this uh I want you guys to enjoy the product and bear with me like I said I, I am an imperfect broadcaster in so many respects but I, I'm privileged enough to have this platform and I want to make sure it's as good a product as I can get I I'm continually striving to improve we're always trying to upgrade equipment we've had equipment failures this year that have uh, cost us some days on the podcast but uh, truthfully it, it, it's a ton of fun to do, and it, it takes a lot of time. Trust me, I, I'm supposed to be in bed. I have to wake up, so I'm recording this. We're now 11.13 p.m. recording this podcast. My alarm will go off from my morning radio show on the KSL Sports Zone tomorrow morning at uh, 3.45 a.m. So I'm going to be running on three hours of sleep. It's part of the gig, my friends. I'm a dad. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a, I'm, I'm a sports media professional. I cover BYU, do this podcast. But you know what? The, the lack of sleep, it, it, I will gladly give up sleep to make sure that you guys have the product that you can be proud of that, uh, frankly, I can be proud of because I, I refuse to put inferior product out there. I guess that's, that's what I'm, I'm trying to get to. It's a long, uh, convoluted way of just saying, you know what, thank you for bearing with me. And like I said, we will, we'll, get the, we'll get the announcement of the winners out to you guys in very short order. All right, uh, final notes on today's podcast. Looking back at 2021 for the BYU football program, uh, they had a game against Boise State. They were coming home, they were coming home off of win over Utah State. Now, they had lost, as we mentioned, Baylor Romney to a, a concussion in that game. Jacob Conover had to finish the game, and the question was uh, leading up to this game against Boise State, is Jaron Hall going to be able to go? Because it looked like Jacob Conover could be in line to make his first career start. BYU, after that 5-0 start, was ranked number 10 in the country. Just the hype was absolutely out of control uh, for this game, and, and for good reason, because BYU was rocking and rolling. But the quarterback situation was so convoluted all week long, and there was no real uh, just 
clear what what the plan was for BYU. Well, Jaron Hall did return to start for BYU in this game, ended up 22 of 37 for 302 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Was not enough. BYU fell to 5 and excuse me, 5 and 1 on the season. Apologies for that. Uh, losing this game 26-17 to Boise State. BYU got out to a 10-3 lead in the first quarter, but many of you might recall Boise State scored 17 points in that second quarter, took a 20-10 lead at halftime, and then BYU was playing catch-up from there and never was able to make up the difference as they lost this game. It was a disappointing one for BYU, no doubt about it. Hank Bachmeyer had a relatively pedestrian day, 172 yards passing. Uh, uh, Boise State as a team ran for 140 40 yards overall in this game. There, there's a lot of things that BYU had going for it in this game, but unfortunately, it's kind of how the the play the ball bounces, and that's what plays out uh, for BYU in this one. The other thing about this w- was is that uh, BYU, it felt like in some ways the quarterback, uh, I guess, shuffling, the, the, just the, the movement in terms of the quarterback uh, chair uh, movement around them just never really panned out to where BYU could just get themselves figured out in this game. Like I said, Jaron Hall was coming back off broken ribs, uh, played relatively well, but just didn't look. Uh, when Jaron Hall is 100% healthy, he's a completely different player than when he was uh, uh, injured, and he was injured still in this game. And injured might be a relative, but he was still recovering and recuperating from broken ribs, so it's not an easy thing to do, and he had a pretty good game, as I mentioned, 302 yards, but BYU's rushing attack uh, kind of fell by the wayside. 111 yards as a team. Tyler Algier leading with 73 yards. He actually had the touchdown in the fourth quarter to add uh, seven points late in this one for BYU, but it just was not enough, and BYU dropped to 5-1 and one on the season. But then the next game coming up was a road trip to Baylor. BYU, little did they know that it was, uh, well, they did know at that point that it was going to be a future uh, Big 12 conference showdown. Well, BYU was about to get an introduction to what the Big 12 was going to entail, and it was not going to be pretty, and we will talk about that on our next edition of Locked on Cougars. So there you go. Uh, I am going to sign off before I fall asleep here, it feels like, because I am very, very tired. And like I said, I apologize for uh, some of the snafus on today's podcast, but all the same, thank you for all of your guys' support of the podcast. It truly means the world to me that you guys supported it as heavily as you do. And a big thank you for bearing with me as uh, getting this podcast out to you when I can get it out to you. But hope you guys have a great Friday whenever you hear this. And like I said, uh, any intel that comes in, if Arizona State and Utah finally just get off the you-know-what and finally figure out what they're doing, we'll talk about that. Uh, of course, we'll get a special edition out for you guys on that front. But nonetheless, thank you for your support. Thank you for being here your first listen of the day. And thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast, as always. Until next time, this has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.